Back again. Mike is back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? You've already Guess done this back. Eminem intro before. Have I? Yeah, definitely. Because really I remember perfect. cringing then and now cringing. Shockingly disappointing, Monday. actually. The uh, nuts of the Twitter masses that we are live on the air. Hmm. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, not a normal day that we do the podcast, but we're giving you guys now, this feels a weird. special pre-baby podcast. Pre-baby. As my, as my pregnant wife stares daggers at me. Um, so <laughs> there will be no Joe for the most part for the rest of this week. Uh, and then we're, we will evaluate my existence next week. Uh, if we are going to do a show, it will probably be later in the week, but um, fair warning that there may not be a show at all. So, uh, But we'll let you know. We're doing what we can here. We'll do Mike what we has, can uh, do. We're bringing life into the world here, people. We are bringing life into the world. Mike is the uh, Mike is um, the engine of the pretty much my existence, both on social media, podcasting, and the blog itself. I, I like don't I can't I'm incapable of doing things until Mike makes me do them. So, um, it's Mike, gonna make fatherhood interesting. It, it will make fatherhood very interesting. So remember to uh, wash you, your hands before you hold your own baby. You can all thank Mike for this podcast happening. He made it clear that we may miss two weeks, which was absolutely unacceptable, um, especially for all of our <laughs> Patreon subscribers. So we are here. Mike, as usual, is making us do good things. And, um, yeah, who knows? My takes will be even hotter next time ah, you hear yes. me because I will have no sleep whatsoever. And that has to make me somewhat delirious, right? Anyway, um, it is 8.02. I'm joined by Mike and Beth. Mike and Beth, how are you guys? I'm great. So very sleepy. Beth is, Beth is tired uh, from work, but she's great, too. She's also great. She may Mike not sound it for all of us. I am but she's for always great. She's here for greatness. Um, Harrys.com slash Blue Shirt Panther. Go do that. If you sign up... Uh, <laughs> And you get nine other friends to sign up. I will eat a shaving cream filled cap, like water cap, with their amazing shaving cream. Which, by the way, I really have to stress, smells. it is the best smelling shaving cream I think I've ever used. So if they can make a cologne out of it, that would be awesome. You know what? After what you put me through with all the pie nonsense, I want you to put a little dab of it on top of a slice of pie. And then That's, that. that would be even better because then the pie would be delicious and it would compensate for the disgusting or I'm assuming it tastes disgusting but anyway uh, harrys.com slash blue shirt banter you get a free starter kit you just have to pay for shipping so go do that if 10 of you do it I will eat the little thing of shaving cream if a thousand of you do it I believe I said that I would eat an entire pie um, of shaving cream which would probably kill me so if 999 of you just want to do that that would be great don't do that no, that would be bad be if a thousand um, of you do it I'll hit Joe in the knees with a baseball bat. Oh, there you go. Now, if a thousand do it, I'll lick shaving cream off Brady Shea. How about oh, that? Oh, that is, that is taking a, <laughs> a shockingly sexual turn. Is that for you or for us? When when was licking him not sexual? Yeah, well, you're right. It, was um, it going to be one like of my a, friendly neighborhood lickings? Or like what, what? It was like a motherly act Why of grooming. Why is this a surprise were, all of a sudden? If you were a cat yeah, of some that's kind. right. Yeah, like a mother. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, she's just she's cleaning just herself. Grabbing him by the scruff and. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my best she, to bring it to PG-13 waters. Yeah, Help me yeah out she's here. she's taken she's had so much thought has been put into this. I, I have to say I'm somewhat surprised, uh, but not really. Um, although this is again this is a woman who I'm going to say McDonough when she interviewed McDonough. I, I asked if if he like had good cologne and she didn't even know. So I don't know how she thinks. She's going to get close enough to shave. She can't even get close enough to smell McDonough. She's a professional, though. I don't remember that. Also, she's a professional. He was skating, so I don't th- he was skating with kids, so I don't think he was wearing cologne. I mean, I no, did I like, touch shoulders No, I it was. It was a Dunkin' Donuts thing, wasn't it? Am I going crazy? Yeah. No, it was a Dunkin' Donuts thing, but it would I have been a very remember. strange place for him to wear cologne, too. Well, I'm always wearing cologne. Hmm. 
That's what I'm and calling fact, right now. I We're think calling. I actually told you that he was better looking than in person than I thought yeah, he was. See, I knew I knew we discussed this at some point. Yeah, uh, I like well, God, this is this is the Rangers related content you guys pay for. Patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. Go do that. Um, hey, I didn't start licking things or eating things. Um, no, but you did yeah. bring it to licking. Uh, exactly. I had a really exactly. crappy transit. Oh, go ahead, Beth. Do you have something logical to say? No, no, no. I'm just thinking we should get back on safe <laughs> ground. Um, I was going to, uh, when I said only 999 of you order the Harrys, my transition was going to be horrible, but the Rangers are 9-2. and two. See that? 9999. 9-2 in their last 11. I distinctly remember um, two podcasts ago, three podcasts ago, where we were discussing Vigneault's future with the team, and I named pretty much all the opponents that the Rangers are going to be playing up to this point, maybe even before this point, and I asked if there were three or four wins in that streak. Um, Then the next podcast, Mike asked if there was even a single win in the next four games, and that was all before this little nine and two streak. So, um, Mike, are you, uh, is this surprising you at all? Yes. No, maybe. I would call it surprising. Um, especially with McDonough out the last couple of games, it's, um, yeah, I forgot about like that. when, when we heard about the McDonough injury, I was, I was just wincing. I was like, this is not going to be pretty because as many mistakes as Ryan McDonough has made with just really kind of glaring turnovers that are very un McDonough like it was, it's also really evident that we don't want a third pair of Stephen Camper and Mark Stahl yet. That's what we've been getting. And somehow the Rangers have won. Uh, I will say the Vancouver win, the shootout win better known as Jimmy VC win uh, was really ugly. Um, but, you know, an ugly win is still two points. And say what you will, but Henrik Lundqvist is is the reason why the Rangers are where they are right now with this nine and two run. They're I don't I don't know what the hell the plan is if they're just going to continue to ride him until he's just ground down into like a fine powder, and then they realize oh the playoffs are here and oh I wonder why Henrik looks tired, but the Rangers brought in Pavlik to play you know, with the assumption that he can play more games and help Hank out. And it really hasn't taken Vino and the coaching staff long to understand that the Rangers will win more often than not because of Henrik Lundqvist. So I'm not surprised that Hank is doing more Hank wizardry because that's, it's, it's one of the most impressive things about him now is that we've come to expect like, him being exceptional, even at this age. And it's also what makes so many Rangers fans lose their minds when people say, oh, he's off to a slow start. Age is catching up with him. And it's like, well, of course it is. And of course it's a slow start, but that's what always happens with him. And then he kind of puts it together like he always does. And then he plays like the best goaltender in the world. So anything is possible with Lundqvist. And this is kind of, I think, what's happening now because I got to tell you, after a couple of these games, I'm not really sure the Rangers were the team that deserved to win, but here we are. Yeah, Mike said before the show began that he thought the Vancouver win was, I don't know, maybe one Oof. of the ugliest wins that the Rangers have had, and I, I couldn't Oof. disagree with him. I not thought it good. Seemed, well, it, it's interesting because you go from the win against, say, Ottawa, or the win against Carolina, where the Rangers just look absolutely dominant top to bottom. And then so the Rangers had 20 shots in that game against Vancouver, which well, and yeah, there was an overtime played. And I <laughs> praise the Rangers for holding Ottawa to just 20 shots in their win. So I don't, it, it's a lot of people, you know, I've made this argument before, what the Rangers are doing now at nine and two is not all that much different from what the Rangers were doing then at two and six. This isn't a drastically different team outside of KBZ being together. Finally um, sort of better usage at the forwards defense is still a mess, but um, sweet Jimmy VC 
Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about transparency, and it's not going to be as positive, I think, as you think it's going to be. Uh, Beth, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, it's just so – I feel like I never know which team I'm going to watch. And, yeah, it's the, the game against Vancouver shouldn't have looked like that. And our piece is going to start falling off Henrik Lundqvist in <laughs> March. And, yay, Rick Nash scores goals and does amazing spinorama things. And um, – Oh yeah, that path. Uh, yeah, is, I mean, the defense so nice. is uh, it. There's gaping holes, and um, it's just really hard to imagine. You know, when you think about well, hopefully getting to the playoffs, but when you think about the consistency you need for a serious playoff run, um, I mean, I guess this stretch is the closest we've gotten. But yeah, there there have been some not very pretty moments in there. Um, some not very Sprinkled pretty stretches. Yes. No, some, some absolutely, some absolutely amazing moments. Um, and you know what? Let's say that we know that Hank is happier when he's playing all the time. He's playing like this. Um, I am sure he would have a hissy if he was taken out right now, regardless of needing rest. <sighs> Um, yeah, but I agree. for some reason, Lundqvist never gets called the hot hand. Maybe we just assume that Hank's hands are hot or whatever it is that's hand happening. Fallacy. But <laughs> yes, the hot hand fallacy. Thank you, Chris Kreider. Um. So yeah, I don't. I'm making absolutely no coherent point whatsoever. But I guess I just um, I need to see things go consistently well a little bit longer before I can really feel like the team has hit a a turning point and is on an upswing. But Beth, the Rangers are in a playoff position. If the playoffs started today, the Rangers would be in the playoffs. Yeah, they're in the second wild card spot, which is a great place to be for no one. Uh, Yeah, you definitely (laughs) did. So I had a point that I just forgot. Well, this makes for amazing podcasting. Paul Carey scored when we – when we recorded yeah, before true. the last we podcast, we, oh, we definitely, we I mean, that's a crap uh, on Paul Carey. I remember <laughs> it reminded me of what I was going to say, actually. Um, th- there are really two sources of consistent offense for the Rangers right now. And one of them actually isn't all that consistent. The power play and the Crowder's advantage Buchnevich line. Outside of that, everything is hit or miss. You know, Nash, I think, is a consistent force, but he's not scoring enough to be a consistent force in terms of offense. You, you get your hits from Hayes, you get your hits from Miller, you get your hits from VC, and, you know, fast, Grabner, but none of that is consistent. And that's not a great strategy for a team against better teams. That'll get you by the Carolinas. That will get you by the Vancouver's that'll get you by the Ottawa's it's not going to get you by the Penguins or the Capitals or the lightning. It's just not. And the Rangers don't seem to have a solution there because Vigneault is sort of taken. He has two strategies. Strategy number one is I am going to break up KZB to try to move them around. And the only thing that that does is remove the only cog in the machine that's actually working the way that it's supposed to be. So I don't, he's moved Grabner up. He's moved fast up. I I mean, it it can't last like this forever, but the point that I'm going to make about VC, first of all, this mindset that he is better than Buchnevich continues to exist. And it shocks. Can I interrupt you for one quick point? Again. Um, I just want to point out Jimmy VC is the highest scoring Jimmy in the league. Um, <laughs> only there's only two players who go by Jimmy in the league: Jimmy Hayes, Jimmy VC, and Jimmy VC has eight points. Jimmy Hayes has six points. You can continue. What was I saying? Oh, um, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Because I thought Jimmy I thought about Hayes was having a Jimmy's really good year. Here. Jimmy Hayes. I guess I'm wrong. Maybe he had a good start. Um, the uh, the thing is, 
you can be happy at having both VC and Buksnevich, and you should be happy at having both VC and Buksnevich because they're both Rangers. But in the grand scheme of things, VC should never come even close to a guy like Buksnevich's ice time, um, or even Hayes or Miller for that matter. VC is a third line player. At best, he's like a sixth forward. And, and I don't know if that may even be too generous. And I'm not here to crap all over VC because I do think he's a good player. But VC is a 20 to 25 goal scorer at best. And again, that is like top of the ceiling. So Vigneault loves him and for the most part gives him those, those big minutes. And there are games where he comes through and, and everything works. And the game against Vancouver is an example of that. I mean, he scored a goal. He nearly scored another. He won the game, won the game in the shootout. Fantastic. He was a golden but boy. The golden boy. The media golden boy, for sure. But those moments are kind of few and far between. And that's okay because he's a depth player. But when you rely on him to be more than a depth player, that's where I think the Rangers are, are getting themselves into trouble. Um, you play Nash till he's too tired to skate. Same thing with Hayes. Same, things with, same thing with Miller, Zuccarello. I mean, outside of Kreider's advantage, but that's the other thing. Kreider's advantage and Buchnevich aren't exactly being driven into the ground. More often now, than not, they're not playing the most of all the forwards, which to me makes absolutely no sense. Buchnevich didn't get a single shift in overtime against Vancouver, despite probably being the Rangers' best forward. Zibanejad got one shift. Michael Grabner got a shift. It's little things like that that you don't look at. You might turn around and say, you know what? <coughs> Excuse me. You're complaining after a win. You're a loser, nerd, you know, whatever you might want to say. But these are the Those things. Are bad words? They are bad words. These are the things that sink teams <laughs> in the playoffs. Or the things that sink teams against better teams. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it is what it is. Love it or hate it, that's the way that it goes. You've seen this movie before. And the Rangers happen to be winning right now. The Rangers, but they're not doing all that much differently than they were doing when they were losing games. And that should concern you a little bit too. I don't know if there's a trade on the horizon. I, I don't know if there's some big move. But it doesn't look like help is coming from Hartford which at this point it shouldn't because Carrie and Dejarnay are playing like three to 10 minutes a night. That's not a place for Letary as an example um, or Tambellini to develop. So I don't know. I don't think I had much of a point outside of that. Um, I, I, you know, I would consider the Rangers depth scoring to be adequate, but it's not consistent enough, and that's a problem too. Mike, say words. <laughs> I definitely agree with you. Like I've, I've made a lot of silly, I said a lot of silly words about Jimmy VC. I think I was before the show. I was like wondering and talking to Joe and Beth about whether or not VC kind of needed a game like this, where you know it was kind of it was his show, and. I think he's the sort of depth scorer that can do this, where he'll have Mike. a game. Yep. So I lost you for like 10 seconds there. I, I don't know if anybody go. else did. Can you like repeat everything you said? What if I don't want to? Well, you don't have to if you really don't want to. And Beth, are you there? Because I was talking to you and you didn't even answer. No, I didn't hear you talking to me. Well, that, maybe it was mine, oh my God. and I may have interrupted this for nothing. It may have just been you. You're new. having – this is – this is the nervous breakdown you have though. before the birth of your daughter. That Did you, you just hear start Mike not the whole time? Things. Yeah. Okay, then oh just my God, blame Joe. me. Podcast people blame me. Mike, continue, continue as though I said nothing. I'm, I'm more concerned about your well-being, but I'll, uh, I'll soldier on here. Um, VC, I think, is a kind of death scorer who will, who will have games like this, and I think, more importantly, he needs these sort of games. Like, I was curious just looking at, you know, what he did last season compared to this season, you know, he was a rookie and everything and he definitely hit the college wall and all that good stuff. But, you know, five goals in his first 24 games and, you know, last season he had 16 goals in 80 games, you know, he's kind of right where you'd expect him to be. Um, And he's kind of filling a similar role, but I think what's most important is unlike last season, he's, getting no time in the power play. Last season, 
VC had five power play goals, and this season he doesn't even have a power play point. And the Rangers are really, and by the Rangers I mean Vigneault and company, are really asking him to try and make a difference at even strength. And they're doing that. I think he's not in a very easy situation to succeed because when you look at Jimmy VC, you expect him to score goals. And they can be ugly goals, they can be greasy VC goals, they can be anything, but puck's got to go in the net. And when you're not on the power play, that's really not easy to do. And when your line mates are sometimes, you know, David Dayarnay and Jesper Fast, that's not easy to do. So it's, I think it's a big challenge for him to make his mark this season. And him having a game like this goes a long way towards him kind of establishing himself in this league because, you know, we forget he's, he's not a kid, you know, he's 24 years old, but this is just his second season, so he may have the face of, you know, like a, a kid playing in the Little League World Series, but, you know, he's 24 years old, and he's the sort of guy the Rangers need to provide depth offense. And, you know, five goals in 24 games sounds about right. It's, you know, it's not like blowing, you know, blowing the ship out of the water, but it's it's kind of good enough. But the problem, I think, is that a lot of the guys around him have not been good enough. And in some ways you expect VC to contribute more offense just because I think everyone knows that he's not a penalty kill, penalty kill guy. He's not a guy you want in the defensive zone. You know, he's not a guy, you know, you mentioned an OT. He's not a guy you want out there in that scenario. I think he is the sort of guy where Vigneault will tap his shoulder to move him up the lineup when he thinks he sees something or he wants to try and spark something. But, yeah, he is, in some ways, he's rapidly becoming kind of a polarizing player because I think there are people who appreciate what he represents um, and really like the idea of, you know, how the Rangers got him for nothing and he can be this depth scorer. And then there are people who are very much tied up in the Hobie Baker hype train. You know, they heard all this talk about where VC is going to sign. The Rangers got VC as this huge deal. And he started off like gangbusters last season, and then he hit that wall. And there are some Ranger fans out there that think he's a better player than uh, Buchnevich. And that's, you know, that is what it is. It's just it's just weird. You know, that's, there are also a lot of Rangers fans who thought that Merrick Malik was a very good defenseman. So uh, it, it is what it is. The, uh... What was it, the 10-year anniversary or something of that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. The, the shootout goal. Uh, yeah. Through the legs. Um, just some quick numbers for you. Jesper Fast has one less goal and three more points than Jimmy Vesey does in five less games. Um, and and again, this, this, is, this is absolutely not the crap on Vesey train because I think Vesey is a very good player. But it's important, like the success of a team – depends on a team's ability to know who they are and what they are. And thinking that VC is a guy who's going to give you 30 goals a year and should be playing in the top six. No. Yeah. It's not, it's not there for you. I mean, that's a better way to put it, Joe. I think that's the way you just put it is a, is a much better way. It's like, who's so what's, what's more likely (laughs) Buchnevich being a 55, 60 point player or VC being a 30 goal scorer. And yeah. to me, I mean, it's not even a contest. Buchnevich has 17 points in 24 games this year um, and has been – that's including like the past four games where I think Buchnevich has been relatively dominant without really putting up that many points. Yeah, um, it includes that stay on the fourth line. I mean, here's the, here's the Rangers' real issue, though. Zabanajad is 22 points. The Rangers have played in 24 games, so unless I denote a different game total, the person that I'm talking about has played 24 games. Um, Zabanajad is 22 points. Zuccarello is 19. Shattenkirk is 18. Miller and Buchnevich are tied for 17. From there, you go down to Kreider and Nash at 13. Grabner has 10 goals, but only 12 points. And this is sort of like, if you look at the goals, God, Grabner has 10 goals. My God. Yeah, um, four I know. Zabanajad is 11, Grabner has 10, Buchnevich is 8, Kreider has 8. Nash actually has 7, but then you get Miller the 5s. 
fours. Miller has three, but Miller has a lot of assists. So the the point is the scoring is really coming. No matter how you adjust this sheet, Buchnevich, Zibanejad, and Shattenkirk are at the top of the list in terms of points. So or offense in in some form. Um, that isn't. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just the drop off from that to everybody else is a bad thing. Mike brings up a good point. Four of Grabner's goals are empty netters. He has six goals. So he's not lighting the world on fire necessarily either, although he's still shooting at 20%. And goddamn, I will take that until the Rangers hopefully trade him at the deadline <laughs> for a first-round draft pick. Um, Didn't happen last year, Joe. It, it did not happen last year. There's just a, there's, there's a lot to dissect. And the more – when Vigneault doesn't play KBZ 18 minutes a night and I get frustrated even after a win – the point is because you, you have to rely on the players that are going to give you the best chance to win. And playing a guy, and you know what? I'll give you a perfect example, an amazing example. Um, when I was in college, I used to play, we used to play video games, sports video games like Fiends, okay? I hope this is and better than my college story. NHL, oh, yes, your <laughs> dust ruffle. Um, yeah. Uh, it was either it was like NHL 2009 or 2010, whatever it was. Delzato was like a 74 or something in the game because he was a rookie. I literally put him on every power play line. I was giving him like he was on a top pairing. I was giving him 40 minutes a night if I could because I wanted to score as many points with Delzato as possible. That's a video game. I wanted Duke or, or Delzato to do really well, so I put Delzato in positions to do really well. You know, results be damned. That's sort of the way that this feels sometimes when guys like VC and Fast and Grabner are playing more than Zibanejad, Kreider, and Buchnevich. And that's not a great, that's not a great analysis to have for, for a hockey team. So it hasn't happened as often of late, but there, as, just again, as an example, against Vancouver, Carrie and Dayarnay both played like five minutes. So everybody's ice time went up. Buchnevich, VC, and Kreider played 17 minutes. That was it. I didn't even realize you're down. (laughs) VC played 16 minutes. You know, it's just you you have to play your best. Run them into the ground. The more Buchnevich plays, the better he is. Like it or not, that's just the way that it is. There's a longer story coming on this. I don't know why they don't use him more. I really don't. Beth, you say say words now. Who don't they (laughs) use more, Joe? I don't know. I mean, his... AV's usage has never made sense to us. And, yeah, the people you would think he'd be skating into the ground, he's not skating into the ground. And you think the people most guaranteed to put up points when the team needs them um, aren't put out there. And, yeah, it's – so it's really hard to tell, and I think it goes back to something I think I remember you saying a little while ago, Joe. It's just not what – AB doesn't seem to see the same team we see in terms of who can do what and where and for how long. Um, And yeah, I mean, the fact that we're even having a conversation comparing the kinds of players that Buchnevich and VC are, I mean, all you have to really do is, is watch. I mean, I would think is just, you know, watch them under pressure with the puck and see what they do and how they handle it to, to, you know, know who's the, who's the guy, um, who's the actual elite one. I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned, but eh, um, when things get moved around as much as they do, I mean, again, though, we never really get to see anybody sink into a role. I mean, it's great that we've had KZB. It's weird that they seem to get, I don't know, put in the timeout corner fairly often or just not given the minutes that we think they would have. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least the, the defense uh, TOI is starting to look a little more balanced, right? We no longer have Stahl and Holden getting more minutes than everybody else. I think it actually is Shea and Shattenkirk getting the most minutes now with McDonough well, out. It, it isn't really, um, but the weird – so this is another, like, Paul Carey. We all crap on Paul Carey, and then he ends up scoring a goal. Holden <laughs> has sort of become a reliable defenseman for the Rangers. Don't, um, don't, don't say that. Wait, who but has? it's true. Holden. It's oh, kind of it's, no. it's 
it's where it's where we are. Whether you like it or not, we're here. Um, you mean out I'm of not, who we I will have, give you this. Or as a... Holden is better than Stahl and Camper. I'll give you that. I, I mean, I'm not telling you that he's that he should be playing more than Shattenkirk and McDonough and Smith, but I'm telling you that in the the time that in what he's done to this point, there are bigger issues than Nick Holden. Oh, of course. Oh well, yeah, that I agree with. This is this is not, but uh, this is also not the tire fire Nick Holden of the playoffs. Oh God, he was a mess. Yeah, I like. I'm almost positive he leads the team beautiful disaster against. (laughs) Um, and I I think he leads the team in what was it, goal four percentage maybe. I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. It's not, it has not been as bad as, as we, as it was. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to last. And also, again, I, I'm not trying to insinuate that he should be getting more time than the better, the better players on this team because there are better defense. Like Shattenkirk, again, just like Buchnevich, should be playing absolute top minutes. I, there's really no reason for that not to be the case. But, yeah. Is just that is it is what it is. Yeah, Holden leads outside of outside of Camphor, and I don't know if that's actually because he's played in so few games. Holden is has the best metric of expected goals against for defensemen. Tony D'Angelo is actually at the very top, but again, not he didn't play in that many games. So, but. I don't think he's a long-term option for the Rangers at all. Just throwing that out there. Holden, I interrupted. Yeah. Holden continues to vex me in many ways. I think he's what perfectly is acceptable. Holden? Yeah, what, what is a Nick Holden? I think he's perfectly acceptable in the <laughs> third pair and a guy you can move up to the second pair if things get hairy with injuries. But, you know, the fact that he got more minutes than Shattenkirk in the Detroit game is it definitely hurts my head. But, you know, it's, it's, I understand because Holden, for all of his faults and flaws, like he fits much better into the Rangers system than Camper or Stahl do. I mean, he's, he seems to be a more mobile defenseman. He seems to have better puck skills in general. But, I mean, I thought that Camper looked like an absolute mess against Vancouver and Detroit. There was the one play, I think, against the Canucks where he just got rocked with a hit at center ice. He was caught holding the puck too long, and it turned into a Detroit rush. And I was just watching it, and I was like, what What more? Do we need any more evidence that this is not working? And I say that with the caveat that I don't think now is the best time to bring up Tony D'Angelo. Because I think no. you could definitely make a case, I think, that... You, the Rangers organization may have made the wrong call putting D'Angelo in the AHL, not just from a roster standpoint, but also from a development and like psychological standpoint with D'Angelo because he's not being encouraged to do better and work on his issues off the ice if he continues to you know get jerked around and linger in the AHL when he keeps hearing and being told that he's so good and, you know, so promising young defenseman. It's a really weird thing. I think like it's, it's very, very possible. And I know we talked about this before when the Rangers played Arizona, but it's really possible that D'Angelo could just end up being a huge bust for the Rangers. And that's a real shame uh, because I know that we got a lot of grief and all of last season, really, for every time we brought up the name Clem Denning, you know, there are people who don't really appreciate, you know, people who spend time on Corsica and natural stat trick and look at analytics. And, you know, they, it was very easy to poke fun at the, oh, you think Clem Denning will solve all the team's problems. And, you know, this is like Clem Denning on a much more costly and frustrating scale because it costs something to get 
Tony D'Angelo. And it cost uh, a, a big something. big something. Yeah, and you know, it's remember at the very beginning of the season, I talked to you guys about imagine how scary this defense is right now if there's a McDonough injury. And yep. here we are. And what what does the defense look like right now? Well, it's honestly, in my opinion, this like this inconsistent crapshoot where, you know, the most reliable pair in their own own end right now, it feels like it's that Shea Shattenkirk. And in many ways, like, I want that pair on the ice for 30 minutes a night, but you can't do that to them. And then, sorry, so who do you play Brendan Smith with? Well, I guess you play Brendan Smith with Nick Holden. And Smith, to his credit, you know, he got the Broadway hat. We talked about that before the show began, and he's looked better, but really, he really only had up to go. Like, he could only improve from what he was playing like. Yeah. But Stephen Camper is still here. Uh, Mark Stahl, I, I have a big piece on Mark Stahl coming up for the banter tomorrow morning. Um, because they talk to a lot of the banter writers and kind of get the consensus feeling that people think that Mark Stahl has been better this year, or if it's not better than it's the phrase we hear a lot is Mark Stahl isn't a problem. And the problem I think with that assessment is that the expectations for Stahl heading into the season, the bar was so low. Really, he couldn't, it's like he couldn't, he couldn't, fail because it was you know at least Girardi's gone we don't expect Stahl to do anything Stahl interestingly enough has never played fewer even strength minutes in his Rangers career than he has this season he's playing just over 14 minutes a night of even strength hockey which is average for sixth on the team in other words he's playing exclusively as a third pair defenseman at even strength but he also has the worst goal differential during five-on-five hockey of all Rangers defensemen. So, like, there's definitely something there that's problematic. It's, and I'm not saying every goal against is Mark Stahl's fault, but the defense as a whole, and I think Nick Holden's a part of it, to tie it back to the other point, was, like, this defense, I think, is very hard to figure out, and with McDonough out, it's only more vexing and, uh, kind of mercurial. I don't know what this defense is still because we haven't Mm -hmm. seen Brendan Smith play like Brendan Smith. I don't think anyone really knows what Nick Holden is, including his parents. Um, (laughs) You know, Brady Shane is really good. Yeah. You know, it was one of those, like they took their eyes off the baby for a minute. And then like the baby had like a full head of hair and like the five o'clock shadow. And it's like, is that still our baby? I don't know. Is it even human at this point? I, I, I yeah. do want to jump in, though, Mike, because you brought up something that I think is going to become an increasingly important storyline. Um, it, it's kind of been brought up to this point, and it's, it's the D'Angelo thing. His personal issues aside, which are going to play a role in these discussions Bad. as we move forward, you know, for whatever, um, the Rangers may have made a really bad decision in sending him down because the guy that I saw in the NHL was good. He was good. He ran a good power play. He made things happen. There was nothing about Tony D'Angelo that truly, truly stood out to me to say, oh, my God, this guy does not belong here. But in 10 games I in agree. the NHL, he's been a healthy scratch. He has two points, and only one of those points is primary. No goals. Adam tweeted the other and night that show. we're entering – alarmingly dangerous territory. And listen, if this is him going, I don't want to be here, screw this. Well, shame on him, but shame on the Rangers too for not doing their research. But this is a problem because you lost Derek Stepan for the seventh overall pick. And I love me some Lias, but there were better options on the board. We don't need to get into that though, but you don't, People say, oh, they traded the Rangers for caps, their step on for cap space. You don't trade your number one center for cap space. Terrible no. teams trade their number one center for cap space. So <laughs> if they walk out of this with Elias Anderson and that's it, it's still a disaster. And if the, oh if D'Angelo doesn't work out, it's on the Rangers. It's on Jeff Gordon because oh, they had to have done the research. They, they knew what they were getting. Everyone knew about the off the ice stuff. Everyone knew that. 
this was definitely a handle with care prospect, like for, for want of a better term. And I like it. Say what you want, the Rangers, hand, the Rangers did not handle him with care. Sending him down to the minors the clearly did. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. They, and that's, that's on them. They chose the, at the end of the day, they chose Stephen Camper over D'Angelo. And what have we seen from Camper? He's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not here to Camper. attack Kinda Camper, hockey. but yeah, he's just, he's not an 82 game NHL defenseman. He's just not. And that's and, evidence and for how to. You just you don't want to walk away from that with with nothing. You really like you can't if because D'Angelo has absolutely no value anymore. Um, and yeah, I was bringing no this value. up ironically before the show. We, we I was discussing with Tobias, um, uh, who was just kind of running through just his annoyance at people just insinuating that prospects suck because they're just looking at the elite prospects page about Anderson. And I fully agree with that. The exception to that rule is an established prospect. A guy who's been drafted already that you're trading for, um, that, you know, stuff a guy about who's an 18 Rangers, years old. Yeah. Bingo. The Rangers knew what they were getting out of a 21 year old D'Angelo. So they walked into this and for them to walk out with nothing, Lace Gordon up, shame on you Absolute shame on you You panicked And everybody is suffering for it Uh, Are we really thinking that D'Angelo Is like just having a hissy fit And that's why they're not playing him I mean is he I know there's major issues with him I don't don't think he's having Would he really tank his own career I I didn't mean it like that Um and if that's how it came off, I apologize. And Mike, you probably no, have no, no. I mean the conversation in. Je- I've heard I that like other places as well. That he's, that you out. know, in his no, head. I, if you can't, if I don't get what I want, I don't want anything at all. That would you be know, insane just, to me. What I meant it as, and what I think it is, is, ugh, I don't want to be here. Like I wanted to be in the NHL. I don't want to be in the AHL. And listen, that's a tough. It, mentally, it's very difficult and damaging and it's why I freaked out so much when the Rangers sent Buchnevich down to the AHL last year some guys it just gets in their head guys, yeah. it's hard enough to make the NHL without people telling you you're not good enough so I don't think this is D'Angelo intentionally doing something but I do think it's a mental thing maybe he's gripping the stick too tight I don't know Mike you can you can say smart words well yeah I think you know, I'm not going to pretend that I've watched every game of the Wolfpack this season. I've caught like a, a handful every of games, game. if that, mostly just recaps and stuff. But it's there's definitely, you know, it's when you're in the AHL, you're surrounded by other guys who are working very hard to make it up to the show, and then guys who are kind of career AHLers. And when you reach a certain age, I think you, you know, it's you've been there for a couple of years and you're waiting for your chance. And it's very rare that guys like, you know, Paul Carey, all of a sudden at, you know, 26 or 28, get their chance. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't happen. And for a guy like, for a guy like D'Angelo, who's a former first round pick, you know, Joe has talked about his scouting report before, you know, this scouting was a guy report. who he's supposed to be one of the best, most promising young puck moving defenseman in hockey. And you don't want to be in the AHL when you're Tony D'Angelo's age, you know, this is not where he wants to be. I think that's very, very evident. You know, at this stage of, in his career, there's only one place he wants to be as a 22 year old defenseman. That's in the NHL and eight games. He had one assist. He took one penalty uh, you know, he, all of his possession numbers looked great. Uh, but the Rangers, you know, in his last two games, he played five minutes and 20 seconds and then 12 minutes and 46 seconds. And it was right around after D'Angelo got sent down that the Rangers started to kind of turn it around. And I think that is definitely, those things are not related to one another. I think those are, you know, those are not connected. I think this is just a case of D'Angelo kind of not getting the opportunity he really deserved 
and it's having very clear and conspicuous drawbacks. And I think, you know, we can safely assume that he's probably not as motivated as he was a month ago or um, two months ago. This isn't the guy we saw smiling in all the Rangers promos on Twitter and social media and, you know, with the PR train they ran for him and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, where is he now? He's getting, he's a healthy scratch in the NHL. That's just, no, boy, that's no. Just, that's not acceptable. It's not okay. That's not for acceptable anyone. For, for him. But also, yeah. exactly, Joe, it's, like, it's not acceptable that the Rangers put him in this situation where whatever confidence he has is in the basement, I'm sure. But again, yeah. that's just operating under assumption. But the bottom line here, if you're a Rangers fan, this is not good. In no, no way is no. this good, how this is going. Nope. No matter what comes of it, unless, like, D'Angelo just turns it around. Um, and even then, you'd have to question whether or not you could have avoided this by... Yeah. If you, you know, thought he not... was handled with care before this, the way he... The way the organization treats him for the rest of the season, it's three exclamation points after that statement. Because it's... How many times can you healthy scratch this kid or shake his cage or try to get in his head to challenge him and be better? before it backfires, given what's gone on with him on and off the ice for the past, you know, three or four years. This, it's kind of, it feels crazy for a 22 year old, but he's, he only has a couple more punches at this. It's bizarre. And this is not at all the storyline we thought, you know, before the season began, this was more of like a, Hey, fresh opportunity for this kid. All scouting reports, scouting reports. So good. And now it's just, Oh God, please. Please don't let this be nothing. Um, talking about good defensive things, and Beth, I think you mentioned it, so I'm going to let you go first. Is Smith back? Um, you know what? I, I said <laughs> what the, the hell was that? That, that was the most accurate answer she could have given because like that's the real streak. answer. It was, uh, <laughs> it was my that whole was music. Um, Next topic. I still think he's. I still think he's taken over the Nash mantle as the unluckiest man in hockey, um, or at least on the Rangers right now. It's just. It just looks like nothing goes right sometimes. Like you're just so thankful. I feel when I when he gets the puck and doesn't whiff, fall down, or get a penalty, that I can hardly concentrate on the rest of his game because I'm just so positive that something awful is going to happen because he just seems cursed, even if it isn't his fault. And I mean, there have been some dumb penalties. Um, and there was that, Oh, that colossal whiff, right? Like right in, right in the slot. Mm. You guys remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. He just had yeah. everything all lined up and I think the game was still tied and just missed the puck completely. And then it, yeah. And then it was, and then it was a giveaway and then it went back the other way. So it was just, I remember Joe, I think you said something like, we're not going to see Smith for four years after that or something like that. Um, Those are my run to jokes. I do feel like he needs a game where nothing like, you know, nothing goes wrong. That doesn't mean everything has to go right. It just means nothing drastically wrong that I'm not seeing, you know, the comment, Oh, there it goes, you know, um, where well, I'm not holding us, my breath for him, and I feel like we're not there, quite there Vign- yet. Vigneault seems to have become a believer. Didn't, Mike, you put something in that he claimed that the Vancouver game was Smith's best game? No, I think it was Carolina. He called it Smitty's yeah, best game. That was the game. God, is he still going to be a believer when McDonough comes back, though? The Broadway hat, and Smith got the Broadway hat. He what, had that great primary was- assist. And it would be him sitting for Camper. What did Camper do? It, there is nothing, absolutely nothing. I can't, I literally cannot stress enough the insanity of sitting Camper, or excuse me, sitting Smith for Camper. Sitting Smith and playing Camper. You want to yeah. sit Smith for D'Angelo? Again, I can at least follow the trail of logic there. You want to get the kid going. You don't want him in the AHL. You want to basically avoid what's happening right now. Um, I have a great question for you, Joe. I'm ready. The most games Camper has played in a season is 47 with Florida in 2015-16. 
Will he eclipse that number with the Rangers this year? You son of a bitch. <laughs> um, barring an injury, 47. no. No, I, I don't see, think so I don't, either. I, I don't see any way. I, I, I just don't. There's no... Uh, again, if somebody gets hurt, to this he's, point. he's obviously the next guy up, so be it. But no. What were you saying? He's played 12 of the Rangers' 24 to date. Puts him on pace for 41. But yeah. I don't I – don't, unless McDonough is significantly injured, and again, God forbid, but I don't – I just don't see it. Because who are you – if Smith is back, then it, Holden is the next guy out. And with the way Holden is playing and with the way he's being treated by this coach, that's not happening. So – but I do think I, – I think Smith is back. Um, I think he's finally – you know, these guys have alluded to the fact that they're gripping the stick a little tight. They're not sure – they like knowing where their next meal is going to come from. And what I mean by that is yeah. they're not going to get thrown onto the bench if they make a mistake. And that's been a consistent issue during this coaching, this coaching tenure. So I don't think that's I have an a unfair question for thing Beth. to say. I'm ready to answer the question for Beth. Beth, any or Audi yeah. belly button? Me? Yeah, no. If if you were to have another baby, would you want your baby to have an any or an Audi belly button? I don't even know what kind of belly buttons my current babies have. Beth, that is interesting. That's unacceptable. I, First I, of all, the correct answer is any. Audi is weird. Well, yeah, but I started realizing. I mean, I assume they're innies because I think I would notice outies because they wear, you know, short shirts sometimes. Um, so, yeah, they must be innies, but I, I can't even tell you the last time I, I pondered that. Well, this is a decision Joe has to make soon. That's why I was asking you. I don't I don't think I make Within... that decision. No, I yeah, think biology have makes that decision. Yeah. It's no, not, it doesn't it's not like a decision. You... Well, I know that, Beth. But doesn't it depend on how you cut the umbilical cord? I don't I, think so. No, I don't think so at all. No, I don't. I don't think, think so. any of us are qualified to answer that question. Uh, well. I, I think, think I am qualified. I Beth do know that. Have you ever cut an umbilical cord, Beth? What? Have you have ever I cut, cut an umbilical myself? cord? No, but yeah. I was awake for it both times. Yeah, that's not a woman. Apparently, that's the man's job, as I've been told. Joe, the woman. You're, Traditional gender roles are offensive, and I don't want to hear about them. The, the woman you know, point stands that none of us have ever done. done a lot of work, and really, you know, the final errands can can be done by yeah, the little, whoever is. The can be pushed, <laughs> pushed to the men. This is the way that it's been described. Whoever the us. partner is, or whoever knocked her up in the first place. Or if we're going to have a whole lot of explaining to do Beth? at that point. If the man the is lazy, flesh, scared, a doctor will do it for you. Yeah, I'm just saying, if you have a choice, Joe, obviously you go any. Uh, yeah, but I don't. I'm almost positive you do not have a choice. Yeah, I don't think well, you have a choice. You might want to mention it at some point. I, I to, guess I'll have to, to now point. that you put it in my head. Yeah, just be like, hey, just a heads up, we don't want an Audi. Yeah, I would prefer Ask an Audi. Ask if they have button, that form so. for you to fill out. Yeah. yeah, what? Can I have the belly button I mean, uh, request form, please? <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure it's like when you go to some. Uh, I haven't been to a barber shop in a long time because I'm bald, but. Like some you have razors. different hairstyles and a little like chart, and you can be like, "Yeah, I like uh, I like belly button number seven. Yeah, no, you don't get the high and tight with the belly button. Uh, I'll go at all. Oh, the high and think. tight. Look at you. You are just. It was literally a... the only one I could think of that I well, knew. High, the name I'll take of. high and tight. At least somewhat works for a belly button. So. Um, but you don't I'll want it. it. I'll figure it out and I will report back, Michael, of what I've been. What it's pretty important, Joe. I agree with All you. Right. Well, now you've got now you've got a now you've got a task. Now you've got I have a, a role, right? There's a, I'm I'm yes. involved now beyond the initial conception. Um, I wonder if any Rangers have any belly buttons. It is astounding how little the male actually does in the birthing process. Like from conception yeah. through the actual birth. Pretty much worthless. Yeah, there's no. I have really such a minimal role. Um. Sad. Keep your wife Sad. happy and safe. That's your role. And don't yeah. yell at her to turn down the movie before the podcast starts. 
Well, that has to happen, Mike, for the podcast to go smoothly. <laughs> don't you want don't you want a smooth, high and tight podcast? Not ruined by fallacies about hot hands and belly buttons. Harry's razors smooth, Joe. Harry's razors. Harry's dot com slash blue shirt banter. Did did Booch come out for the shootout? Three. Oh, shit. He could have killed it, and he did he not. He was three, right? right? Okay. So was he was good enough was to be he... used in the shootout, but not good enough to be used in overtime. Son of a bitch. Bastard. Ooh. No wait, you're Kevin wrong. Kevin Shattenkirk too. What happened? No, you're wrong, Joe. It was Zook, Zabinajad, Shattenkirk, Booch. Yeah, see, I thought so. He wasn't Nash. Don't ever three. correct me again. I warned that. Miller, I warned that. That's the second time you've told me not to correct you. Well, yeah, and I, and you I didn't plan even, on you not doing it for real. You could have had a daughter with an Audi belly button tomorrow if it wasn't for me. Yeah, if it wasn't for you. Mike saved your daughter's you. belly button. He could have. Absolutely could have. That's why I'm going to be the godfather, buddy. He is. Mike will lead my child to God. <laughs> oh, my. Um, who would be the best godfather on the Rangers? Mm. Hank. Mm. Well, no, but Hank, got, you kind of want someone who isn't busy with their own kids because then they can uh, like be like... You want a fun bachelor. Yeah, exactly. Grabber? No, Grabner's children, I believe. Even beyond that, uh, uh, now that I'm thinking about this, Zuccarello is 100% the fun uncle. The guy that, like, buys your oh, kid yeah. fireworks yeah. when your kid is, like, five years old. Yeah. Zuccarello is a kid. Did you see him in the Winter Classic commercial when he was playing with the kids in the street? How, like, Zuc- I wish Zuccarello was a better actor. No, he's, he's freaking fine. He's Norwegian. Uh, I'm sorry. I want that out there. I wasn't. I, I I wasn't there in the moment when Zuccarello. Oh, that's. You know what? Fair point too. Those Winter Classic jerseys are fire. They are fire. I like. I them. love them. Love them. I like them Beth? a lot. I like them until someone pointed out it looked like they had a toilet seat around the neck, and now I can't get that out of my head. I like well, the lettering. Now you've color. ruined well, it for I everyone. Now I can't get that out of my head. Are you well, kidding me? Now. Join me, Rangers, because that's Winter what it's Honestly, like for me right now. It does not look like a toilet. It kind of looks like a toilet. It doesn't... It kind of does. Now I have to look you know at it again because you freaking ruined it. Beth, you, 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 you screwed up big on this one. Spent $240 okay of Joe's money buying. Yeah, he spent my money. Eh, it doesn't really... Gonna get your baby a gift, who told you that? Who told you that? I want Who to told know. me that? I don't remember. I don't remember. I want to know. Well, how convenient for you, Beth. I, you know, this I show was an hour. I look it up, but. We set up an hour for this show, or I set up an hour for this show? That's right. Everybody in the chat gets to listen to the whole full hour. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, inc- it's insane. Damn it. It does look a little bit like a goddamn toilet seat. It kind of does. I, like, Beth, the Oracle of Clarity. Uh, uh, struck. It needs the strings. It needs the white laces. Why didn't they do the laces? Anyway, I think the I just tell it like is, it is. I think the jersey. Oh, you're awesome. right, Beth. And I wish Zuccarello awesome was a better person. actor. There wasn't. I, did, I wasn't there. I wasn't on the ice with them. That's all. Mike, what do you want? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So not. you probably won't oh. podcast again for a little while because Joe will be child rearing. But yeah. so let's let's safely assume we won't do a show next week. The Rangers' safely next assume. games are against Florida, Carolina, and then Pittsburgh, Washington, New Jersey, Dallas. Yeah, that's going to be a tough son of a bitch schedule. It's a lot of Metropolitan Division games, folks. Yeah. And Lundquist yeah. has not gotten a break either, so. No. Yeah, that's that's a good point. The Washington New Jersey game, that's December eighth and ninth. That's a back to back. I think you have to get Pavlik in against the Devils. If if he's if Pavlik doesn't play at some point, he's going to start getting growing dust on him. So. Yeah. And keep in mind. I think everyone who's listened to the podcast knows my stance on Pavlik. 
And I, I've heard very smart people explain to me why he's not as bad as I think he is. And I still stand by my theory that he was a terrible signing. And thus far, I think I've been proven right. Who are we talking about? Very smart boy. Andre Pavlik. It's hard to remember he's a ranger. He hasn't done anything. Because he's been somewhat underwhelming when he has played. I know it's been a while. You're a tough judge. Joe, you're very soon you're gonna smell like baby poo all the time. <laughs> all it is what it is. It is what you're it is. Think. Think like poo. Patreon.com slash blue show panther. Donate to us and you know But baby food on the table. So Maybe one of us will uh, uh will write an article about whether or not the collar looks like a toilet for our patrons. Um, if you donate $5 or more a month, you get access to all of our behind-the-scenes stuff, which we haven't actually done a ton of um, no. of late. Yes. Three games started for Pavlik. He has an 8.86 save percentage. Okay, but wasn't one of those games where he came in for relief and got smoked because the Rangers were playing like total crap? I said crap. three games started. He Are those all his started games. figures or his total no. year figures? When he was the hot hand? They're the year. No, he was the hot hand. He had one good game against Arizona. Remember when he played Arizona and the Rangers thought, or I should say Vigneault thought he was good? And then he played the next game against Montreal, and he allowed five goals on 43 shots. I rest my case. Pavlik, not good. The end. Your case is not rested. Your case has been brought (laughs) up. You know what else will be rested, Joe? Yeah, (laughs) you're going to sound like poo and no sleep. Sleepless Realize you got poo on your hands, it's going to be terrible. Meanwhile, Stanley's right here, not understanding why so much is changing. You're going to have a sister soon, buddy. You don't even know. Did he get Stanley a a saddle? Oh, it's going to be hard. You don't even know. No, but he's going to love her. He's going to love her. Anyway, patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. John J. Porter, Anthony Viola, John Reppy, John Alo, Alexander Gardner, Alexander Ricard, Robert Courtney, Guy from Montana, Daniel DeJean, Eric Cohn, Matt Bader, George Lipman, David L. Singer, Darwin Bushman, Grumpy Smokey, Scott Potash, Dan's Lynch, Mike Offit, Chris Baker, Bob Kawa, Andrew Grago, Stink Fleeman, Arch Williams, Igor Zatlovsky, Zachary Zetlin, Dan Carosi, Alexander Thornton. Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner, and Michael Silvers. The fact that this is this long is awesome. Please keep donating. You will help us keep the entire show for free for everyone. You guys Woo-hoo. are the best. Final yes. question we of the night. We appreciate you. Final question of the night from a patron. Uh-oh. What the hell was Zuccarello doing between periods in Carolina when he was dancing? And did anyone see <laughs> oh Brady Shea playing the guitar behind him? Yeah. My favorite detail I, is Shay playing the guitar. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, no, Brad Shea just back there the playing the goddamn guitar. I don't. And then of course yeah, Nick Rowe stands in front of the camera and ruins it. Yeah, he did ruin it. That son of a bitch. I can't believe I complimented him today. Yeah. Okay. All I know is that Zuccarello is everything I need in my life. God bless him. And he's a he fine really actor. <laughs> and again, uh, kudos to him for not passing that overtime-ending goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he waited so I, long, I was like, I will God, probably dude, still please. sleep even though that went right. Yeah. <laughs> because it so easily might not have. Like watching a Michael Nylander shootout attempt. He's just like, no, I'm just going to wait until I see what I want to see. Just waiting for no, the opening right. in the back. net. There is the opening. I'm going to score. Joe, the next time um, we podcast, you'll be a father. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's messed up. I'm a excited. Up. Um, little person. Yeah, little person. Little person. Hey. Yes, I'm excited. I'm ready. Let's just do All this. All right, I got to go do work now. Yeah, that hates us. And it's right. also well. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we love you. Yes, thank you. Patreon.com slash blue shirt banter, Harry's.com slash blue shirt banter. I will see you on the other end of fatherhood, bitches. Peace out. Oh Woo-hoo. my gosh. Good dun, luck. Dun, 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 dun. Beth already hung up. God, she's the worst.
Well, you started Goodbye, singing. Michael. It seemed very final. Well, what, what do you want me to do? This is the way we enter the podcast. This is the way we end the podcast. I know. Beth is away. I love you, buddy. Good luck tomorrow. Mike is a Thanks. Bye.